Hello, my friends. I don't know what came over me, but I wanted to like triple gun, like let's be real. Um, Those of you who are joining us on YouTube, what is wrong with me? Let me just start by saying I'm taking some allergy medicine. I don't know how you guys are when you take allergy medicine, but I like I looked, I was like, is this what people feel like when they do illicit drugs? Because I looked at the pill this morning and I'm like, what is going to happen when I take this? Because I haven't, I haven't taken Woo! I have not taken this allergy medicine before. So I took it a few hours ago and I do. I feel a little bit. So we'll see where this podcast goes today, guys. This is uh, called Let's Be Real for a Reason. So anyway, I don't know how you are handling the pollen wherever you live, if that's a thing. What I love about Richmond is that people experience the injustice of pollen every year as if it's the first year that it's ever happened, even though truly like the car will be covered in like a blanket of pollen. You can see it swirling on the street. Like that's the amount of pollen that will land here in Richmond, Virginia. And people act like it is a just a, a plague upon our city that we have never seen before, even though it happens every spring. So, but we are happy that spring is coming and we're just going to see where we where we go today on this episode. I'm really excited actually to do- to dive into this conversation. A lot of times what ends up happening here on Let's Be Real is that you all, whether you're clients or on teams or friends of mine, or you reach out via email or DM, you share with me your real life. And this is actually my favorite way to do um, our relationship here is for me to be able to just answer questions or discuss topics that have come up among us. And this topic is one that's been developing and percolating over the last few weeks. Um, after I've done a marriage event, I just did a marriage event in California last week and just through some conversations with a friend who also is in kind of the role of caring for people. Just been on our heart a lot. And this topic, is this idea of the difference, the distinctive, the distinctive in relationships between differences and division, okay? So I want to talk about what makes it um, distinctively unique to embrace differences without experiencing division, uh, because that seems to be just absolutely the cultural atmosphere that we're in, right? Like, I mean, on the one hand, if you've been married for more than a couple of weeks, you have experienced, wow, this person who I love, who I am joined with, um, experiences the world vastly different than I experience it. So, That's one. And actually, honestly, if you can learn that in your marriage pretty early, if you could learn that in the first couple of years, that your your partner is not against you. uh, But when you do have conflict, most of the time that conflict arises from this place where this creature that I was originally attracted to and knew was my person that was given to me, this creature that I'm now looking at, you know, a year in, two years in, 10 years in, is distinctly and vastly different in the way that they view the world and their temperament and their experience of life. And if if you could start there, that's like actually a huge growing point in our marriage. And oh, by the way, that is equally important in the way that we view our children and our parenting, the way that we operate on teams. This is a true human paradigm that you would be surprised to learn is very, very difficult for us to embrace and engage as not a bad thing, but just a different thing. So the difference there between you start to see these differences, right? In someone. And when you experience that, and then you begin to um, rub up against that, and things are not as easy to make happen, how do we cherish one another, cherish other human beings as 
uniquely and distinctly different without experiencing it as division, particularly in our relationship. So that's what I want to get into. It's it's come up in a lot of different places. Um, this marriage event, like I talked about in California, we talked about the miracle moment, and it was super fun to just be able to apply the miracle moment specifically to couples. And that was kind of this ongoing theme, right, that we kind of wanted to bring to the table. It's like, why what is marriage about anyway? Like, what is a vision for marriage? Um, And when we talk about marriage being about unity and about actually the way that we display the glory of God to the world because of our love, um, when we have that vision, what gets in the way of that vision? Because that sounds good. And the thing that gets in the way is this issue, um, how we handle the distinctives between differences. So that's where it came up the first time. And then it came up again when I was talking with a friend. And it comes up with some of the questions that you guys bring to me. And then it's coming up in my own relationship, in my marriage with Dave. We'll be married 25 years. And we're doing like the thing that if you really want to test, if you really want to test your relationship, jump into the housing market right now. Um, As you know, if you are trying to, actually, it's probably quite fun to sell a house, but if you need to buy a house, it's a difficult time, right? And there's so much uncertainty in our world and inflation and jobs and what is our new work life going to look like? And we're here in Richmond as a growing city. So um, the demand just far exceeds the supply right now. And so we've been going through that process, that, that house hunting process in such an aggressive market. And those differences in us, right, become very, very clear when the stakes get high, when you have to make decisions that get high, which is why really couples will fight a lot around things that involve our most precious resources, right? Which tends to be money, if we're going to be honest. It tends to be the way we raise children. It tends to be the way we engage in relationships. Those are the things, right, where we the stakes feel high and those differences with us can become places of real division. So I just thought I'd give like kind of three things that I think we need in order to move forward celebrating the differences with another person without it leading to division. Um, The first is to recognize that differences are not just okay. They are actually valuable and beautiful. Um, I think we can get into all kinds of relationships, friendships, marriages, work teams, where we actually think, the reason I want to do this thing together, this work together, this life together is because we are alike. We see things the same. So you'll hear people say that. And then there's like this wake up call where you realize, oh no, we do not see things the same. Like it is not our commonalities are not enough to hold us together. And you guys, if you've heard me preach from the miracle moment, you know that I've like given this quote over and over again from the book, uh, The Big Sort by Bill Bishop. He talks about this idea that our relationships have become transactional. We actually have started to say that what holds us together is our opinions, our preferences, the way that we vote. That's actually what makes us have a relationship. And then we recognize and realize that as those things uh, right now in our, our world are becoming disintegrated, we might be left with nothing. And actually having relationships that are based only on transaction is actually quite lonely because our deepest needs are not met by sharing commonalities. That's not where real life and real love happen. So the first thing that we have to do is recognize what brought me together with this team of people or with this marriage or with this relationship. It may have felt like it was commonalities, but there's actually probably something about the differences in this person that is the most valuable. Like, this is a good thing. It's good to be different. Here's some of the ways that that plays out in marriage that I think can be challenging. There can be times where your partner's career takes the front seat. 
in your relationship and one partner is sacrificing quite deeply while the other partner does whatever, starts a business, finishes med school, does grad school, whatever that thing may be. And that is going to lead to natural drift, right? Life is going to look really different at that time. That's okay, right? That's okay. Um, If that's always the way it is, if the relationship is completely lopsided and one person's preferences always take precedent over the other, that will develop an unequal relationship. It will feel unequal. But there will be seasons, whether, whether it's that early building time in a life cycle of life or um, in a season of parenting, that will be another time where most likely there's going to be very strong differences in what life looks like on the daily for those, for those two partners, okay? So the first thing we have to recognize is that there will be seasons where we are likely to be experiencing the world really differently. And the first time that happens, um, especially if you've kind of done life together closely, like if you're, you sort of went through college together or early adulthood together, it can be really disconcerting the first time that that happens. I remember when I felt like uh, my life was just changing a lot. My engagement with God was changing a lot. My engagement with the world was changing a lot. And Dave was staying very steady. And that was very disconcerting to me because I felt like uh, me doing life differently was naturally going to lead to us being divided. I couldn't have been further from I was like so wrong because actually me coming into the fullness of my life actually brought us together because there was more, there was more life between us because of it. So first thing is that. The second thing is we need a shared vision for why us together is better than one alone. Anytime that we're experiencing any sort of tension or friction or torque in our relationship, we need to be able to remind ourselves of a shared vision of why us together is better than one alone. This is true for community. This is true for your church life. This is true for your marriages. This is true for uh, your family and your friendships. You've got to ask the question, what has brought us together? What is the vision that we have for why we are better together? It is a discipline for me when Dave and I are arguing to actually say to myself, he, he, us together is, this is going to be a better life and a better decision than me alone. Now, some of you out there are like, no, you don't know my partner. It doesn't feel that way. And I would say, well, um, this would be the place to start then because this is a foundational matter. What, what helps us do hard things as human beings is when we have a shared vision of why us together is better than one alone. The second thing we need is we actually need intentional and ongoing talk about the relationship. So in addition to the talk that we have around how we're making decisions or how we're experiencing each other, there needs to be some space in your in your life for talk about the relationship. So you can talk about one party, you can talk about, you know, a spouse, you can talk about the other spouse, but there's a third thing that you guys are. And the third thing that you are is the relationship. You're actually in this thing. And you may just develop a habit, can be very, very simple, where you ask each other a question. You know, you go on a date night or you take a walk and you just ask one question. That is a question about the relationship. That question could be something like, what do you think makes us better together than either of us alone? You could ask the question, what do you think 
Or what would we want our kids or future kids to say about our relationship? These are all sort of vision-building conversation. Um, This is joyful and fun to do as well um, because it actually helps you both to see almost outside of yourselves and outside of your own perspective and ask, what are we doing together here? Some people call that a family mission statement or a marriage mission statement. It might not be that formalized. It isn't that formalized for Dave and I, but having a practice of just making sure you're asking the questions, what is this, what is the relationship? You know, like what is our intentional work around what this relationship is? Not just my needs, not just your needs, but us together. What are we about and what are we accomplishing? And then the the final thing is um, this idea of mutual submission in different seasons. So that's kind of what I was referring to at the beginning, that it's okay to go through different seasons where life feels really different. But in the midst of that, there needs to be some mutual cooperation and submission in those seasons. So um, if I'm going to go through life as if I'm building my own kingdom of self, um, and as long as you as my partner or my spouse or my friend or my teammate on work, as long as you're okay with um, being part of what I'm building, then you're okay with me. This is how many of us go through the li- go through life. Then it's okay. But as soon as you come against whatever kingdom of self I'm building, then it's not okay anymore. That is not at all what makes for flourishing relationships. If we're going to operate, hey, this is my world. This is the world I occupy and the way I want to do it. And as long as you're willing to do it the way that it works in my world, then we're good. It won't work. It doesn't last. Life is too challenging for that. Um, The pain of life together is too challenging. The decisions are too demanding to allow that to be the perspective. So there has to be this bigger perspective to say, what is the vision for who we are together? And what does mutual submission look like in that vision? In what way do I need to compromise? And in what way do you need to compromise? And where on the daily am I making those choices? So to conclude for today, um, I'll just wrap up to say in the midst of this house process I was telling you about with Dave and I, um, it's been there's been some challenging conversations and some really difficult arguments um, because those differences in us that we can celebrate as what makes us better together, those differences also mean that we approach high stakes decisions really differently. And so the other night we had had crosswords and I was upstairs and I thought, okay, wait, what does mutual submission look like in this season? Because I know the pattern in our life. I know the pattern in our relationship. And um, what would it be like for me to step out of my normal pattern and do something different? So my tendency is to withdraw when there's conflict. After a conflict, I withdraw and I sort of go silent and I'm sort of gathering gathering myself, right? And I, I actually prefer and it's easier for me when Dave will break that silence as he often does. But this time, just, you know, 25 years in, this time I was like, I should, I should not withdraw. And I, I was, you know, kind of reflecting on that tendency within myself, that weakness within myself. And I was like, I shouldn't withdraw right now because being better together means there needs to be mutual submission. And as much as I don't like it right now, this is an act 
of mutual submission to re-engage and to reach back out. And those are the little tiny changes that, that we make, the little practical things that can make a really big difference, not only in the effectiveness in your of your marriage, the way that it feels, but also just in your joy, your joy with one another, because what has been different does not become a place of division. All right, you guys, that's what I've got for you today. Man, if you're enjoying this podcast, if you want to leave us a comment on YouTube, or even better, if you want to go all the way into your podcast app and figure out, I know it's challenging, like figure out how to leave a review and leave one. That would be awesome. Um, I love this review. This um, person just said the best guests. So that's super helpful because we've been like adding more guests to the show. It's been really enjoyable. So I love your feedback. It helps us figure out what's coming next. You guys are amazing. Thanks for being here and we will talk to you next week.